Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. into the game. My guy, Chad. KJ, look at Drew. Look at that, man. Are you kidding me? Adam Schefter, who was on with us. Thanks, Adam. Second week in a row. Second week in a row, Chad. We have Adam on. He's on the verge of big news, and we don't get it on the old Adam Schefter thing. One of his three phones didn't give him the information while he was talking to us. The Colts have given all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade per league sources. Other teams now are weighing whether to make an offer to the Colts and what would be fair value. Should the Denver Broncos put together a trade for Jonathan Taylor, who last time I checked was the best running back in the NFL? That was 30 minutes ago, so things might have radically changed. Should the Broncos do a deal for Jonathan Taylor? Wow. Uh, wow. My initial response was no. We've got running backs here. Um, but considering the way this offensive line is shaping up to not be so great pass blocking, to have another running back in the stable, that could be interesting. Um, now he's going to want to get paid at the top of the market. He's not going to accept a trade. His agent's not going to accept a trade unless there's going to be a, a conversation about what the deal is going to be. Uh, he's definitely going to want guaranteed money. He's going to want longer term. Um, and he's going to want it to stop in the market. So is Sean Payton slash George Payton willing to do all that? I don't think so. It's Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's not that good. <laughs> he's well, good. How, how good is he then? He's not that good. Well, what, what good is he? <laughs> if he's not that good, what good is he? Is there a running back who's that good that would make something like this worth it? It's a trade. You have to give up something, then you got to pay second. him. We got nine million in available cap. You're yes. kidding me? Nine, over the cap, we got. What the hell are we holding on to it for? Just in case you have to. Yeah. Come on, you can't spend it all now. You got to during this season. Something's going to happen. Nine million. Something's going to happen. Is something happening right now? Go get Jonathan Taylor. No. This ain't enough. What are we doing here? What are you giving up to get Jonathan Taylor? Yes. Javante Williams and a fourth-round draft pick. It's going to cost you way more than that. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm giving him Javante Williams and a fourth-round Jaleel McLaughlin. Here, just, just for example, when the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers, 
It was a 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick. We're not doing that. A 2024 fifth round pick. Not, well, you know, by itself maybe. So, and then back a couple years ago, this all according to Adam Schefter, when the Eagles traded LaShawn McCoy to the Bills, it was for linebacker Kiko Alonso. And, yeah. He's a running back. Here's what I've heard about running backs. They don't make any money. So I'm going to give you a fifth round draft pick and uh, $50 in Chick-fil-A coupons. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, bro. I don't know what it would take. I certainly wouldn't do a second, third, and fourth. No, of course not. Right. So you got to get a trade value, you know, draft pick. Javante Williams, who was a second-round draft pick, you can have him. Mm -hmm. And a fifth-round pick. What's wrong with that? That's a second-round value. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take more than that to get him. Yeah, it's going to take way more than that. Yeah. He's one of the two or three best running backs in the Uh, league. Give me what it would take if you guys don't like my uh, George Multiple draft picks. Give me what, what numbers. What? Probably at least a second and a third round pick. Maybe a what fourth. year? What uh, year? Second and third round. Next pick? year. I can't. I'm not doing that. <laughs> we have no depth on this team. <laughs> all right. Here. All right. All right. All right. I like seventy five dollars in Chick fil A coupons. You ask us what it takes. We tell you what it takes, and you yell at us. I'm not doing well, you that. You guys yelled at me first. I said. I said Javante Williams in a fifth rounder. Yeah, it's not going to get it. And fifty dollars, and, and I, well, I'll go up to hundred dollars in Chick Fil A. I'm going to need some laundry detergent with this deal, please. I got to wash some jocks later. Right, this so afternoon. no, we should not make a effort. Broncos should not make an effort for Jonathan Taylor. <sighs> they should pay attention. If if he can't find a suitable. Uh, partner and the value starts to go down and his asking price because you got to do two things you got to give up draft capital and you got to pay him. His he they're not making a deal just to get out of Indy they're making a deal to get out of Indy and get guaranteed long term. Well, I can't I can't give at up the top of the market. I can't give up second and third. We have no depth on this team. I can't give up second and third round picks. Right, but I can give you Javante Williams. <laughs> okay, what's his value these days? Not much. He's eighty-five. Wow, he, really? He's eighty-five percent back. He's not even hundred percent yet. You you don't believe in a full recovery? And what are I, you talking about, man? He was a second-round pick. His his stock hasn't gone up. No. What? He's had a major knee reconstruction. Oh yeah, that's which right. he's not a hundred percent back from. Oh my god, that's right. Yes, facts are dangerous things, my friend. Okay, so yeah. forget about Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the NFL. Now, what happens if he ends up in? Uh, I don't know. Kansas City? Duh. Of course, that's where he's going to be. Yeah. yeah. You know that's they don't need draft picks. What do they need draft picks for? They need draft picks like they need to have the hole in the head. Let's see. Mahomes out there zinging the ball around. He's just playing like he's in the, the parking lot for fun. He's 12. <laughs> Let's see they're, you... they're winning world championships when they're trying to rebuild. They all like each other. Now, let me tell you something. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'd be going all in. Sure, why not? You got a championship window. It's closing, it feels like, with the Bills. Wow, Kansas City's running back room, they pay those guys nothing. Yeah, nor do they need to. Uh, Edwards Hilaire is 3.4, and, you know, he's on his way out. McKinnon is a million bucks. P. Ryan is 900,000. Pacheco is 700,000. Yeah, I don't know where the Chiefs are on the cap, though. Prince is... I guess they're not too friendly there. I'll take a look here. Okay. Yeah, they have less than a million cap space. Yeah, they're out. They could cut somebody, though. I don't know who their vets are that they don't need anymore. Edwards Larry is, is on the chopping block. I bet you they sure. got somebody. Who's their Albert Okawebenum? <laughs> or however Steve Levy says it. No, I bet they got a vet they could get rid of and save themselves like $7, 8000000 million. 
Everybody does. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, how the Chris, how the Chris Jones things plays plays out because he wants. Yeah, money. there you go, Chris wants, Jones. He wants a ten million dollar raise. Yeah, see you, Chris. Nice yeah. knowing you. Yeah, that's the best defensive player by far. What? Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, that's the breaking news from Schefter that Jonathan Taylor has been cleared by the Colts. That may be the Colts just saying, "Okay, bro, good luck." Hey, running back. I don't know if you caught the news, but but y'all aren't worth anything anymore. But, you know, why don't you go have another conference call, zooming up, crying your beers, and uh, we'll see you here next week. How's that going with Josh Jacobs over there with the uh, the Raiders? How's that How's that working out? Oh, yeah, he's just going to go back there. Of course he is. Yeah. You can't turn down $10 million, even if you're disappointed that it's $10 million. Hey, we'll get only to, $10 million. We'll get to that in the CBA seven years from now. It's just not the position. Moms and dads, do not have your kids play running back. Where, where, where is the where is the benefit on that one? None. Lifetime oh. of pain, short career, and not enough money. <laughs> That's literally what you're doing. But you get glory. You do score you touchdowns. Do. It's probably pretty cool in college. Yeah. It's probably pretty awesome in college. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the coach told my son he was special. <laughs> <laughs> he is. No, that wasn't an NFL coach. That was your that was your peewee coach. That was your high school coach. That was your college coach. And then your pro coach doesn't even learn your name. This is the drive on the fan. Whoa, whoa. It's the drive on Denver Sports Station. Mac has not been to the cookout. He does not know anything uh, about Frankie Beverly about? and Mays. He, he doesn't know, man. He does not know. It's not a cookout in Massachusetts where I grew up. It's a clam bake, and I've been at many of them. Let it breathe. Make me happy. Clam bake, yo. This you can Northeast thing, man. Same thing. You probably put, like, raisins in your potato salad. What? Yes, upset all the aunties. And I won't forget. Yard. And I'm really at the clam bake. This is a, this is a cookout classic tune that has to be played. Yeah, speaking of family stuff, um, this weekend. It is a trip, man, because you got two kids. Yep. Are your kids still in college? <laughs> 27 and 24. Oh, yes. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Been done. All right. I'm, University of Colorado has cashed many of my checks. Yeah, man. So my youngest just turned 21 on August 6th. Just turned 21, my youngest. Mm-hmm. I'm 23-year-old's just killing it. He's living in downtown Denver, living life. Doesn't want to hang out with mom and dad. I don't blame him. 21-year-old, because the 23-year-old doesn't need anything. Needs nothing, dude. Nice. Car, he pays for it. Rent, he pays for it. Cell phone? He pays for it. Insurance? He pays for it. Got his own insurance. Got a full-time job. There's, there's nothing? Zippo. Health insurance, nothing? He may still be on our health insurance, but he's got, I'm not even sure about that. That's a good question, actually. He can, they can stay on until you know, 24. Yeah, I think he might be on that. But, uh-huh. I mean, you know, I think we're in a family plan, too. But it's, you know, never ask us for a dime. Nice. Never. Never. I think he'd sell a kidney before he'd ask <laughs> us for a dime. <laughs> okay. The younger one. We just moved into his, uh, his well, he's, you know. College college athlete path. Recruited um, up there at UNC. That program <laughs> ended up firing everybody after he left. Goes to a JUCO. Plays it out at JUCO. Plays your two years at JUCO, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Done with that. Now he's off to this uh, 
place in outside of St. Louis, Webster. And we just moved him into his, uh, you know, new place. It's just funny moving a, helping a 21-year-old move to college compared to like three years ago. Oh, how they're wise, Chad. How they know everything. <laughs> but, man, it's a trip, Mom and Dad. The difference between 18 and 21, man. Oh, it's a big, big divide. Yeah, You know, he didn't want anything to do with seeing me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Walking me around campus was like chewing razor blades, <laughs> you know, because all the freshmen have their color-coordinated shirts on and, you know, their mom and dad and in the dorms. He walked like 10 paces in front of us, <laughs> kind of waved at a few things. There's that building. There's this building. There's the other building. Mm-hmm. But they got a major at the school called sports communication. Ah. You want to talk about, you want to talk about the most gut course of all time. Be a sports communication major. I go, what, what was your class today about? He goes, uh, uh, it's a class about fans. <laughs> I go, what's your homework? Ah, I had to read an article about uh, fans uh, being not at being at NBA games during COVID and how that was. It's like, uh, it appears that uh, home teams did better because the uh, uh, fans were there. <laughs> like, this is a, this is, this, this. Is this some kid out there studying molecular biology? <laughs> and my son's <laughs> studying fans and basketball games. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on a second. You mean to tell me teams do better when they play in front of their own fans? You got to write about that? Well, well some, some kids is in like physics 405? I'm just like, oh, my God, Chad. Can I please go back to college? Can you imagine? And do what? What would you do back in just, college? Just, just nothing. Like, just fart around. <laughs> they used to be like, oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to go work out. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, poor, poor kid. <laughs> so he's an athlete studying fans as a major. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get much easier. Dude. That. Yes. I'm like, you better get straight A's in this. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? That's awesome fans. The irony about it, he doesn't even like sports. Wait. That's his major and his life. Yeah. He doesn't like it. Not really. He just plays it because he's good? He got to go, what's, what's, it's, it's, it's sports. <laughs> like, the topic is sports today or sports something else. Hey, you know, Tom Brady retired. Now, they may ask you about something that's a little bit more recent than Tom Brady retiring, my friend. But who knows? <sighs> you might have to put some changes in there. You think so? Yeah. You got to fix that. All these kids are going to college now. This is the time. Everybody's getting back together for college. Jim Rome's putting his kid at CU. Did you see that? I didn't. Why is that news? I don't know. I don't know. Why do you have that useless fact in your head? I don't know. I just saw it. I thought it was, you know, go prime. <laughs> okay. How's that going to be for CU, man? Did you see that that, that there's a preview? They had him at three and nine, had him second last in the in the the Pac-12 coaches. I mean, sorry, that's Pac-12. The Pac-12 media yeah. has them second to last in the Pac-12. Only Stanford worse than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's super high expectations, and I they have to be better just because the talent's going to be better. But it's a really uphill climb. You bring in what is it, 88 new guys from the, in the last season yeah, how, right now? You can't get that together. How right? do you, how do you do that? And I know. Coach Prime talks a positive game, but it, behind the scenes, it's just there's got to be some conversations in those coaches' offices about the harsh reality that they're going to face. I love the Buffs. I expect them to be good. 
down the road, but to put all that together in year one, I just it seems very difficult. Okay. I'm rooting for him. It just seems like how do you do this? How do you put it all together? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you do, man? I saw somebody write about this. Say you lose by 50 to TCU. Let's hope not, but go ahead. Uh, of course, of mm-hmm. course, of course. But don't tell me that's not within the world of possibility. This is a team that came in second in the national championship game. Right. You know, they, they've, they've built it up a little bit there at TCU, right? Mm-hmm. What are we doing then? And I'm looking at Nebraska, too. I read a preview of Nebraska. They're, they're, not, they're not good. Got to beat Nebraska. No, Nebraska's not. They're, they're good. They're not great. They're good. They've been underperforming. They they lose. Yeah, like, like, they find if, ways to shoot themselves in the foot. But they got talent out there. Nebraska, like what? What are the teams? Are we just like hoping to roll over Cal again? Like what? What, what do you? I mean, CSU obviously. So are you asking where do six wins come from to become bowl uh, eligible? I'm asking Is that where what you're asking? Four wins come from. That's where I see them. Three to four wins. I don't see six wins and bowl eligibility right. possible this year. What, what what are the wins you got? You got CSU? You got CSU. Got to have CSU. I got CSU. You yes. got Nebraska or not? Let me pull off the schedule. Let me oh, run this down. Yes, I I have to say, oh, you yeah, went over Nebraska, but it's not going to be easy. All right. Then, then it's Pac-12 schedule. Oregon, top 15 team. USC, top 5 team. Forget it. Uh, Arizona State. Uh, it could be a possibility. Stanford. Okay, now we're now, right. now we're at three wins. Right. There we go. Then you got UCLA, Oregon State, which is ranked 18th, so not who they once were. Arizona, they've gotten them better. They've gotten better. Uh, Washington State, there's a possible win there, and then you got you finish the season with Utah, who's a top 15 team. So three, maybe four, maybe four, five yeah. would be like amazing. Five, you would have to upset somebody way past your 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 skill level. Are yes. you more excited though for C C U this year than you've been in years past? Uh I am excited because I I want to see the building of the program, but I know the expectations nationally are out of whack. Locally, I think we have a pretty good understanding, but nationally, when I travel around, people ask me about coach prime and see you before they talk to me about Sean Payton and the Broncos. So when you're in your CU mafia meetings, when you guys, you know, the, um, you guys organize the entire world, you're the Illuminati of college football, you and your, your brethren. Yes. Led of course by Charles Johnson. He's always just in charge of all of it. Uh-huh. And you have your robes on and chanting black and gold robes. Uh-huh. And, you know, what exactly is the feeling? Are we holding torches when we're doing this meeting? Uh, well, it's, yeah. You walk in with the torch, yeah. but then you stick it on the wall? I, I call it a scepter, but you could call it a torch. Okay. You know, All whatever right. you want. All right. Um, what What are the conversations amongst uh, ye all at, at, at these uh, clandestine meetings? Okay. So it's been fascinating from some of the overwhelming excitement from some of the uh, CU Illuminati. With, <laughs> and I'm just like, are you, do you guys not understand football and how it works? Oh, so it's there. You're you're the wet blanket. Yeah, they accuse me of being like the bad guy. I'm just like, no, no. There's football. You got to come together as a team. You got to build a culture. You got to you, you got to be a band of brothers. You bring in 88 new mercenaries since the end of the last season and expect them to come together. That would be the first time in football history that's ever been accomplished. You know, and they were like, well, Coach Prime's the one to do it. I'm like, I. Anything you do outside of tried and true football stuff is an experiment. 
the Nathaniel Hackett experiment, that didn't work. Yeah. He tried all these things that were outside of the tried and true football. All right, well, we'll get back to the Broncos and the NFL, but um, the CU Illuminati. It's quite a crew. You guys do rule the world. There's no doubt about it. I got it. It's it's fascinating, the the far-reaching tentacles. Nicholas Cage will figure it out, though, at some point. This is the drive on the fan. On Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Russell Wilson was what on Saturday night? Russell Wilson was continuing his upward trajectory towards playing well in the Sean Payton offense. It was all that consternation two weeks ago. Um, Now we're past that. Now we're seeing a guy who's executing at a pretty high level. I'd like to see him get the ball out of his hands faster. I'd like to see him not have the sloppy footwork in the pockets. There's definitely some more improvement to go, but I'm happy with the progress I've seen. Here's Russ on scrambling. Uh, I just trust my reads, you know, just going through one, two, three, four, five. It's not there. Or, you know, if there's something there, then I can, I can use my legs. And, you know, it's, it's part of my game, obviously, you know, and be able to get the ball out and, you know, throw the ball down the field and all that kind of stuff. But also, you know, it's, it's hard for the defense. They can't account for that part of it necessarily. So when all of our guys are doing a tremendous job in the lines, blocking the way they do, that gives me a great chance to, to get some first downs and use my legs. Why'd they take him out of the game? Uh, O-line hasn't played well yet in, in the preseason. Wait uh, a second. Yeah, it's part of the plan going in. It was part of the plan you moron. going in. Is to play him 15 or so and then get set him some work with the first group before we made the overall change and then keep Jared in there. I thought, you know... You're saying the offensive line was about to get him killed is why you took him out of the I, I didn't say that. I yeah, just, you did. I did not. It sounded like it. No, it didn't sound like that at all. I said they weren't play, haven't played well in the first two preseason games. So the plan for Sean Payton was, hey, if these guys don't take you know good care of our quarterback, let's get him out of there while we can. So that's part of the plan. It fits within his narrative. Why get Jared Stidham reps with the ones? Who cares? You got to see what this guy can do. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. You already gave him $5 million. You need to see what he can do. Do you? You got the last game. You can play the whole game if he wants against the Rams. You got to see what he can do. Who gives him? With the ones. Fruity tootie. If, if, if your plan is not to play many very many ones in preseason oh, yeah. game three. That's right. They're because, not going to do that. Because they're going to have the joint practices. You got to see what this guy can do with the ones. All right. How'd Jared Sidham do? Not well. What? He hasn't played well yet. What are you talking about, man? It's 12 of 17 for a buck 30. Had a 50-yard pass. Almost a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. All that So Jared Sidham gets, gets credit for the, the pass to... To the Virgil? Yeah. He do, what? Did Virgil throw it to himself? It was a nice route. Did he thread the needle? Did he? Did he? Uh, I don't know. He put it there. Did he it's put, on time on did target. He lo- look the safety off. Get him on the opposite side of the field. No, it was a nice route by Jalen Virgil. It was a nice completion. Man, but it's an NFL throw. There was nothing great or remarkable about that throw. Stidham hater. That's me. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Listen, man. I don't Boxer. know. Put I don't... me in boxes over here. Well, I don't know. It would have been nice to get a touchdown there. You virt- from a coaching standpoint, yeah, I think you recognize that as a touchdown pass. I like the defense, though, man. I think the defense, they, there's some good parts to that, and yep. um, I think it's encouraging. I think Zach Allen, 
I think Zach Allen is an upgrade from Draymond Jones, and I like Draymond Jones quite a bit, but that dude can play. Um, I hope Jonathan Cooper can stay healthy. I think he's pretty good. Uh-huh. Randy Gregory, same thing. Uh-huh. Tell you that, Jewel and uh, Singleton, man, they're, they're all right. They get the job done there in the middle. Well, how quickly does Drew Sanders become a part Dude, of that rotation? He's, he's got to become. Uh, he's a freak. I think. I well, what do you think? I, I I hope quick. I would think quick. He he might be the freakiest athlete on the entire team. He's pretty talented, and the fact that he can play inside and outside against Vance Joseph or you know Swiss Armor knife to, at his disposal. So what would but, you What would you do with Drew Sanders? <sighs> think about it. All right, let's. Yeah. Talk about, let's get to it on the other side. Mm-hmm. Also, Andrew Mason will join us. The Broncos had the day off today. We were trying to track down that quirky rule from Greg Papa. We'll give you an update in terms of the progress we're making in that department. So hang in there. This is the drive on the fan. I was encouraged in a lot of areas tonight. I just finished telling those guys. I thought, you know, we did a good job of the turnover takeaways. Thought we ran the ball. Thought we defended the run well. Certainly would have liked to have won, but uh, I was pleased with pretty much most of that game. I was a little disappointed at the end of the half. I felt we had time left. Obviously, they felt that we didn't. It's pretty easy to get right, uh, and I think they missed it, but it is what it is. Yeah, that. let's get to that real quick, and we'll get to uh, Drew Sanders uh, here with uh, Chad Brown. KJ and Drew looking spectacular. And just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. We appreciate you listening. Andrew Mason will join us in about 20 minutes or so, and We'll break it all down in terms of what to expect next with joint practices with the Rams still to come. So, Chad, when the the, the 49ers broadcast was interesting. Mm-hmm. The whole thing happens at the end of the, the, um, the first half. I feel bad for Jalen Virgil. So let me just break it down. Should the referees just simply call in that play a touchdown and then it just does stop everything and you can look at it? Is that the right call to make in general? Typically, the referees are informed to allow the continuation of the play to go on because once you blow the whistle, then the play is dead. But you allow the play to continue, and then we'll figure it out later. Oh, the runner was down, or whatever the case may be. So this was, in my opinion, an officiating error by violating what's been going on since late in my career where you allow the play to continue. If you sack the quarterback and the ball comes out, we're gonna allow the play. We're gonna allow the play to continue, and the right. guys are gonna go for the ball. Then we'll figure out. Oh, his arm was going forward. That was right. a forward pass. You know, no fumble kind of thing. I saw something the other day. It was Peyton Manning did a fake spike, like the infamous Dan Marino thing. Yep. and he just took it around. Which was thrown against who? Well, who was that against who, the Steelers? Who was the DB? I don't know. Vance Joseph. Oh, come on. Yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Oh, I'll go back and watch that. That's cool. I did not know that. He was a DB for the Jets. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Poor VJ. Um, <laughs> so I saw I saw Peyton do this, and he did a great job with it, all sorts of acting, and he ran in, but the referees had blown a whistle. Right. The simplest thing to do as a referee is to not blow your whistle and just let the play go. Oh, it's a close enough touchdown. Right. But you know you can go back and look at it. It's not like... You get, in fact, it's just the opposite. You probably get points taken off as a referee if you stop the play when you, you would. You shouldn't. All right, so that happens, and it's not a touchdown, which to me was close enough to rule it, but okay, let's just start there. Didn't happen. Mistake by the ref. Now we come up to spike the ball. So this is a Broncos team that's had a hard time scoring and scoring touchdowns, and for Jared Stidham and the crew, how much would that mean to actually 
in the last few seconds score a touchdown from midfield, that's a big moment, right? It would be a huge moment for the football team. You go into the locker room feeling great about yourself. you got momentum going to the second half. You're high-fiving. You're feeling good versus the confusing disappointment slash anger. you got your head coach yelling at the refs as he's leaving the field. Yeah. So instead of going into the locker room feeling great and high-fiving guys as they walk in, he's got this residual anger from that conversation. It changes the tone of the second half. All right. And we'll ask Mason if he's ever heard of this, but I'm watching the game um, move my kid into a new college out near St. Louis, which is, so you got to just know where to go in St. Louis. It's fine. And I'm watching the Niners broadcast because that's what you get when you watch NFL Network, and I cannot watch Nine News. Otherwise, I'd be more than happy to watch Nine News. I would prefer to watch Nine News. The local team, mm-hmm. Steve and Ryan and... Ariel and Clissy, the whole crew, Scotty, all that, all the, all the, all the fine people there. But I'm watching the Niners broadcast, and here they come at the beginning of the second half. Second half, not at the moment, but the second half. They could have looked at that last time, last play to see if there was time left on the clock, but there would have had to be two seconds on the clock, as the NFL ruled. T. Rock and yeah. not one second. Zane Gonzalez, well, strong-legged kicker, will. Pick up a touchback. Yeah, for the human error element. Exactly. It would, I think, you know, it's preseason for the officials, too. I think in, in a real game, I think if the official, because that looked close to me, I'd like to look at it again. All right, so that's that's Greg Papa, who's been doing stuff in sports in San Fran for forever. And Tim Ryan, who I'm not familiar with as an ex-player, but he's an ex-player that's on with them. Defensive line, played mainly with the Falcons. Okay, so mm-hmm. they're so... Um, they're so plain about it, like, oh, yeah, everybody knows this rule. But had, had had anybody ever heard of this rule? They could have looked at that last time, last play, to see if there was time left on the clock, but there would have had to be two seconds on the clock as the NFL rule to run. Really? So when they go to spike the ball, they don't review that? Did you get the spike down? They don't review that because there weren't two seconds on the clock? Really? I don't understand, particularly Tim Ryan's comment, the human error part. So if it's just one second, we assume that there was a timing error at some point during really? the first half. So this second doesn't count. When does a, a second on the clock not count? Now, this is a rule in college football. Right. It is. But Greg Papa said NFL. Okay, we have asked Adam Schefter. You had never heard of it. We've asked a bunch of people. Nobody's ever heard of that. I asked Steve Levy. He hadn't heard of it, but he knew it was in college football. He did. But, like, where did they come up with this? So the reason I'm bringing it up is this was a big moment for the Broncos. Like, you're you're on the verge of, I mean, at least a field goal. If not, I think he would have gone for it. You know, you get the ball down, you spike it, you stop the clock. We're at the half yard line. Punch it in. You go into halftime feeling great. Right. We've we've got a great explosive offensive play. And now we're handing the ball. If we're going to power it into the end and zone. You know, you said winning matters, and you probably win the game because of that. Yeah. You, you probably do. So what the hell's going on here? <laughs> You we're reached, trying to find out. You reached out to Greg Papa. I have. I said I'd left. You heard me leave him a voicemail. I did. Yes, I have not heard back. I, I'm going to feel better about it if he just says, "Ah, well, I screwed that up. It's not an NFL rule. It's a it's a college rule. I thought it was." And I'd be like, "Hey, man, that's cool. Like mistakes happen. I understand it." But to me, it feels like, wait a second. That feels like somebody went into their booth and told them that. 
And, and if that really is a rule, then it would explain why the replay review was so so short. But none of it seemed to make sense, and Sean Payne certainly didn't hear about that. He didn't say, yeah, that's an NFL rule. We knew about that, blah, 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 blah. He never said that. You can't find anything either, can you? Well, I don't even know what to look up. I've looked up, you know, 49ers-Broncos uh, halftime controversy. I've looked up NFL one-second rule. You know, what do you even look, where do you even go to find that particular rule? Because it seems like such a weird one. What category is it? Is that a replay rule? Is it, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either, and I don't mean to belabor something. I just find it was an interesting little twist in the game. And um, and we'll ask Mace one last time. I, I don't want to bang it over the head because it doesn't really matter, except for the fact it's a bigger question, Chad. It is a bigger question. Does winning really matter in these preseason games? And what, what does it do or what it does it not do? It doesn't count, but it matters. There's no, there's no doubt about that. You can feel better if you win football games. It gives you a better feeling, even if it's the, your third or fourth string out there against the third pick in the draft, as it was when the Broncos lost. Do you believe the Broncos right now are feeling feeling a little snake bit behind the scenes after these two preseason games? <sighs> the starters, you've got, you find a way to separate from what the happens in the second half. You hopefully are able just to look at and judge and evaluate your performance your group's performance but yeah you get on the plane it doesn't feel as good as when you win and from a coaching standpoint yeah the wins matter they create a, a feeling in the locker room they create a feeling in the coach's room you have a little bit more bounce in your step a little bit more you know stride in your glide kind of thing i'm gonna give you a term okay i'm gonna you know sound like i'm trying to be a smarty pants but i'm not give it to me so my son's taking this class like sports uh-huh. like, just like sports and i go what is your first assignment in sports and he goes well it's to read an article um from 538 and i go ooh, analytics website okay about the impact of fans during the um, bubble, no fans in the bubble, uh, for, for the NBA, and what difference it actually makes. And there really is analytical research to show in NBA games, there's over a two-point advantage just to having a home game, period. Never mind how good the team is. And one of the reasons, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Emotional contagion. And you say, well, what the heck is an emotional contagion? Well, it's kind of what you would think it is. Contagion, you know, contagious, you know, is something you catch on. And basically what emotional contagion is, Chad, is vibes. How about that? It's good vibes or bad vibes. Mm -hmm. And that at the end of the day, people pick up on what you're putting down to, to really boil it down. And that there really is some proof out there that the more positive things that you have going on, the more positive things will happen around you. Yes. But it's also the exact inverse. When negative things are going on, it's just more negative vibes would be there. So in terms of emotional contagion, there is something to be said for bringing those positive vibes into the locker room at halftime. I think... And for a team like the Broncos, who just feels like it's been seven years of you got to be kidding me moments, when exactly will the Broncos, Chad, start having those moments where things go right for them instead of wrong? Okay. Earlier, I pointed out the Baltimore Ravens who are playing tonight on Monday mm-hmm. night. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've yeah. won 24 preseason games in a row. Right. Tonight, they're going for 25 in a row. Right. An NFL record. And you dismissed that. 
Yeah, I shouldn't be so quick to dismiss that. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a really good point because it's part of their culture. Right. So it actually doesn't really matter unless it's part of what you do. Correct. And Sean Payne's just trying to figure out, how do I how do I get some good vibes going on? Right. Here? He's got two games in a row where the team is progressing in the right way, but victory is virtually snatched away from you at the last minutes. And how do we process this as a team? And how do I, as a head coach, create good vibes when the scoreboard doesn't show it? I think it's really difficult. And you just got that moment ripped away for, I don't know, some sort of mystery rule that apparently only Greg Papa and the Niners broadcast team and the referees know about? And I See, can't to find me, I've I, been Googling this entire time. I to can't me, find I the th- rule. It feels to me, it feels to me, uh-huh. like at halftime, somebody in the officiating world went up to Greg Papa and told him, oh, yeah, with less than two seconds, you can't do it. I don't know if that's right or not. I don't know if Greg Papa ran into somebody in the lunchroom who was thinking of a college rule, not a pro rule. But he just put it out there, man. They could have looked at that last time, last play to see if there was time left on the clock. But there would have had to be two seconds on the clock is the NFL rule. So you're getting burned. I mean, theoretically, I'm laughing to myself because Sean Payne is what getting burned by a mysterious rule that actually nobody knows about. There's no way. I I can't wait to talk to Greg because I've done broadcasts. And so the replay officials will come into the booth before the game. And they'll say, hey, do you guys have any questions? If there's any questions about a replay, any rule questions, you know, your producer or your engineer can give us a buzz. Otherwise, we'll come down as soon as we can and explain it to you. So they give you that information directly from the folks who know best. And it's hard to imagine Greg Papa, who's been in – a broadcaster for 30, Ever. 40 Ever. years would just throw something out there. It seems insane. So he, my guess is 99%. He got that from somebody who's supposed to know. Also, why clarify it at all? It's the beginning of the second half. Who cares? It's got nothing to do with what's happening right now on the broadcast. It really does feel like some sort of correction that he was told to. The the bigger point here with the Broncos and Sean Payne, Chad, is how do you change the culture of this thing around when just it feels like everything is just weird and <sighs> coming against you? I, I think you're you're putting too much into the ending of the games. Again, the the, the ones, the twos, they're not worried about that. They're not worried about that. I, I agree. I don't think it matters. Like when Sean Payne said what he said, I, I you know, I'm the one that asked him the question. I'm right. rolling my eyes. Mm-hmm. Go, okay. But do you All want right. to have some bounce in your in your in your step when right. you're walking to the facility? Do you want to feel right. good about things? Right. When you know, because this stat sheet that we've got here, the the game summary, yeah, this finds its way into the locker room. Right. See, and it's disheartening too when you say it like the Ravens. It means something. Yes. I get it. It's their culture. It means something. This is just how we do. Blah 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 blah. Whereas with Belichick, I mean, they had a game. They just canceled the game the other night. It's like, and then for the right reasons. Right. But like. Yeah, he probably. Do you think he emphasizes to the guys we got to win this game, or it really matters, or whatever? Never. I've, I've I was there for you know three preseasons. Never did he say we got to win. <laughs> and this also, preseason what do you game. think the relationship right now is with VJ and Sean Payton after that particular two weeks in a row where things just kind of you know don't go your way? I mean, it's weird, man. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a big deal at all. Yeah, if I'm VJ and Sean Payton's yelling at me about that, it's like 
You hope he's not, right? I'm coaching dudes who aren't going to make the squad, well, and I'm being judged and evaluated on that? That's not what VJ said. VJ said we got to be better. Well, of course. Can't, he, can't, can't, he can't go and say, those guys on the field aren't going to play for the Denver Broncos, and I don't care. He's got to say that. VJ has to say that. Uh, uh, his tone was weird, man. It was like, I don't know. I'll tell you this, man. I do like Sean Payton. I do. I like what he's doing. I like him as a coach. But I know for a – I know – that people are walking on eggshells. People are walking on eggshells. Who's walking on eggshells? Everybody's walking on eggshells. That's over the way there. it should be. Well, that's the way it is. Yes, that's the parcels. Okay, that's the Belichick all way. All right, all right. We 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 can't have anybody comfortable around here. Okay, particularly when you're trying to install the new culture. All right. So yeah. when when does that tide turn? Um, year three. Yeah. <laughs> 